Welcome to Mental Awareness Discussion, the MAD Podcast, with Miles Weber, Heather Weber, and Susan Thompson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the MAD Podcast, the Mental Awareness Discussion. I am Miles Weber. With me, as always, my lovely host and my also lovely wife, Heather Weber. Hello, dear. Hi. And also with us, as always, our lovely co-host, our friend and comedian from Canada, Miss Susan Thompson. Hello, Susan. Morning, guys. Good morning. Good to see you, too. Today's show, as all the shows are brought to you by Broker Drift Productions and Banana Bros. A little bit of Banana Bro pride right here. Two. There you go. See, she's got the Banana Bros mug. Make sure you... Oh, yeah, I know, right? I got the hat somewhere too. Make sure you follow uh, Broker Drift Productions on all the social medias and on the YouTubes as well. Uh, and follow AZ Banana Rose for all the swag and cool content for kids. While you're and- at follow us, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Yeah, follow us too, like, subscribe, and whatever form that you are watching or listening to this, make sure that you are uh, keeping up with us, because we're doing these often now, uh, at least weekly. So, uh, today's episode is just going to be the three of us, because today we are going to do, be talking about uh, Bipolar 1, a first account with somebody who has it, and then a second account, somebody from the outside kind of looking in, close to somebody who has it. And dun, dun, dun. It's us. It's like the notebook. It was us. It was us. I like that you said dun, 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 because I wanted to, too. And I was like, is that too morbid on myself? <laughs> I mean, it, no, because we were, especially if that we were both thinking it. So, I mean, I think that's what makes it okay. I'm just going to show myself out. You guys are too cute. I'm out. <laughs> no, you're going to need to interrogate us as well. Um, so this old, yes, uh, uh, dear, uh, you have uh, bipolar one. I do. And I know you. (laughs) So I'd say so. Yeah, pretty fairly well, like so, so. So, uh, so yes. So I think this will be the perfect uh, account to kill two birds with one stone as it were. Uh, so we are going to just kind of go through your experience and in turn our experience with bipolar because you were diagnosed uh we got married in 2016 mm-hmm. and you were diagnosed shortly after we got married so it was it was later in life so i think a good starting point is probably from your perspective as um what was it like getting that late diagnosis and then once you kind of settle into this is what's going on. Um, did you look back at any other points in your life up to that point where you were like, oh, duh, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Like, did things start, what were your aha moments along with, you know, what, what was that late diagnosis like? Um, late diagnosis, it was scary at first, um, just because of the stigma on bipolar and bipolar equals you're crazy. Um, so that was kind of what I felt like, like, oh, there's genuinely something wrong with me and I guess I am crazy um so that was a hard pill to swallow and then once I started doing my research on things I'm like oh okay this is different than what the world is making it out to be um so it really took me doing my own research I was going to a therapist beforehand um so that was great because I just took all that and word vomited on her Um, and she really helped me, uh, along the way. So that was huge. Um, once I got past the, this is terrifying point. Um, and as I was going through things with my therapist, there was so many aha moments back to, you know, teenage years where I was like, oh, that was manic. This was this, this was like, you know, depressive. Um, but also the more I was learning about bipolar, the more I was learning that, that, that trauma triggers it. And uh, there's a good chunk of my life that is trauma. So um, that was also starting to make more sense. And it seemed like whatever major traumatic event happened, soon mania followed that. And so I could kind of go through the lineup of my life and be like trauma, mania, depression, trauma, mania, depression. And so it started to make sense from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, so yeah, I, th- I think it makes, that makes a lot of sense for sure. And it's, and it's gotta be a, uh, 
you know, and I think we've talked about this as well, you know, just the feeling of, you know, you, you're in a new marriage and then this thing happens and you have to better educate yourself about it. But that's just a lot of feelings in and of itself, especially because you said like, oh, I, this must mean I'm crazy just to be like to be strapped down. Now we we legally signed this document. And now this comes into play. That in and of itself is is a lot. For sure. Just, you know, um, I do think we should probably explain what bipolar one is. Um, and just like the quick difference of it. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think at this point we've also had the uh, the professional on uh, to to discuss everything as well. In case you can't go back. Just in case. Yeah, just in case you can't go back and listen. So go ahead. You go ahead and, and get into the difference. Um, so the biggest differences with bipolar one and bipolar two is bipolar one, you have more manic episodes than depressive episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and manic episodes... Um, when people find out what they are can sound like a lot of fun, um, but they typically lead to a lot of destruction. Um, and so with mania, you could run on little to no sleep. You have very grandiose thoughts. Um, your caring for others is very minuscule. Um, so you're very much all about yourself. You can get a lot done, but it's typically a lot done for you and not as much for others. Yes. 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 Um, I kind of describe it to people from like the outside perspective looking in because, you know, when you're mania, like you said, it could be perceived as fun. And I'm like, I think it's kind of one of those the the, the road to hell is pay for good intention type of things where it's like it always starts with fun. It starts with so much fun, like it's a lot of fun. So for me, it's like you're riding in a sports car top down over this this real long fancy super nice bridge with somebody and you're going real fast and there's nobody on the road and it's super exciting and you keep going faster and you're like yeah this is awesome this is great and but then there comes a point where you're like this is a really long bridge and we seem to be going faster and faster and this is probably too fast and then at one point it's just like man you think this thing can float and then and then you're just kind of free falling off and you're like no and they're like this is amazing so it's very much so uh, starts really, really fun. But then uh, unchecked, it can can definitely things can get out of hand, as it were. And that's kind of the unfortunate. I think that perfectly transitions into how uh, you, what happened next, because then you went we started the revolving door of medications. They were trying to get you on to see what happens. But they first had to do what most psychiatrists do to check if, to verify that somebody has bipolar and not another disorder, is they put you on an antidepressant. Do you want to explain why that isn't a good idea? Sure. Uh, So what happens when you have bipolar one, especially, um, is you have a pendulum and the pendulum can swing from high to low. And when you go on an antidepressant, it takes out the low. So you have nowhere to go but up. Um, And so it, uh, they had me on it for a little over three months. Um, And I could tell, like, well, at first it's like, yeah, you feel like it's working. I'm not depressed. Everything's great. Uh, And then eventually you realize and you have somebody check you. Yeah, you're not depressed and that's great. But you're also not caring about anybody else. Um, and so it just becomes, uh, very self-sabotage. Um, and so, yeah, so they, when I took that to my psychiatrist, they were like, oh, well, it takes a little bit for everything to level out. So we need to keep you on it. Da, 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 da. Uh, and so they did, they kept me on it. And so I had almost a six month manic episode. Which is a really tall roller coaster to yeah, climb no, no. for six months. Yeah, mm-hmm. No, that, no. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm on the other end and just hearing this, I'm just like mind blown. I have a question for you guys after, so I'm going to let you guys continue. Oh, okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, feel, feel free to unload uh, at the end. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's about right. Six months uh, that there was just this climb, mm-hmm. this climb of mania. And in that six months, just to put into perspective, like how wild things were, um, you know, if we're 
going to get into the details of things. We also, so we're like newly married. We get this diagnosis and we're trying to like understand what this all means and like what it is actually. And we're both in therapy at the time. She's seeing her therapist. I'm seeing a therapist. We're already trying to work on ourselves and unpack our own stuff. And so there's at least that. Um, so that was a godsend getting us through everything. Uh, but we also decided the time to open our relationship, which is a thing that you should really do as like, hey, our relationship's super dope. We don't really have anything to worry about in life as much right now. So this is like a fun addition. Mm -hmm. It's not something you do when you're trying to figure very complicated <laughs> aspects of life out. And then the mania makes it worse. That's that's the equivalent of a couple that's in trouble going, what? Well, let's fix everything and have a baby. Yeah. Oh. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that, that was the thing is, uh, though I had been in open relationships before, uh, it would not have escalated to that if I wasn't having the longest manic episode of all time. Um, right. because it was a lot of, well, let's keep the excitement going. Let's do this. Let's do this. And just kept trying to beat the high, um, so to speak. So yeah, that's, that's where a lot of that ended up coming from. So you're going through all this, you're going higher and higher, opening up everything. And miles is along for the ride, kind of going, I will do whatever I can to make sure this woman is mine. I, I said in life and death and sickness, health, Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can, the stress you're both under is it's completely opposite like how how do you come together to finally go okay yeah like miles said okay we need to get off this bridge and heather's like this is fucking amazing mm -hmm. how do you finally i, I yeah keep going i, I mean the medication change it was uh they ended up taking me off the antidepressants mm -hmm. and they put me on um what brought that change like you would have to go in and say something's wrong um I think it was a lot of my therapist, my therapist doing a referral to my psychiatrist um, because she knew the whole situation and she was telling me, she's like, hey, this is what you're doing. This is what's going on. And this is putting uh, the stamp of approval that you do have bipolar and they don't need to test this water anymore. Um, so, yeah, so they ended up um, changing my medications. They put me on three different medications um, and those put depression back into the mix mm -hmm. and I crashed hard, mm -hmm. really, really hard, went to a super dark place. Um, and in that place I was more vulnerable. I was more receptive. And then miles and I started having those heart to heart conversations of everything that had happened in the last six months. Um, but it was now the flip side of, well, nothing's making me happy now. And now I'm just depressed and flatlining and paranoid. Yeah. And very, very, very paranoid. Yeah. So it was, they did, I want to say in the span of the, it took about a year and a half, a little under two years until they finally went, this is the medication cocktail and dosage that you were going to operate under. It took mm -hmm. almost two years to get that down. And so in those two years, there were what, four medication changes, five. Some were, um, dose changes changes and some were full medication changes yes so so there was a lot of different changes happening and anytime they changed a medication from my perspective it was like I, okay this is a new person this is just a different person because i mean when in the manic stage where it was just all the way up I was like, oh, we're just going to party. Like, she's not sleeping. Like, I mean, it's just like this, it, the therapist. And that's why I say that our therapists were really a godsend at the time. Um, and I can't imagine what life would have been like if we would have tried to navigate this without therapy individually, mm -hmm. because the therapist caught it because she's going back to her every week going, this is what's going on. And the therapist got to a point where she was like, all right, we're you got it. This is, you check all the boxes, look, you got them all. So let's go ahead and not do this anymore. Um, this seems to be being a lot for you. Uh, so then it would be the medication change. And like she said, things about it were different, but I would get like this new, this new person. So like the one was all the way up. This one's like, 
super emotional, like mega clingy and everything. And just, and the, the juxtaposition is the thing that's jarring, right? Like, because it was one way. And then now just because of these medications, it's so a different way. And then when there was another change, it was a different version. And, and so each new look was a different type of scenario to get used to and just different things to accommodate for. So it, it took, so much to get to a point where it was like once she figured out the right cocktail and we were close to the dosage for her it was like coming back down from the hulk mm -hmm. just kind of like uh, uh oh i'm sorry what did i do and i was like is it you <laughs> like is it really you well and the other thing that was really eye-opening is um <clears throat> i ended up i don't know how i came across this book but i was listening to a podcast um, and this woman named Susie Hamilton was on it. And um, Susie Hamilton is an Olympian um, and was diagnosed with bipolar and had all the medication. Uh, My heart just started beating faster with you just said her name. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up uh, getting her book on Audible um, and bless her for being as honest uh, as she was brutally honest with herself and her relationship and everything. Um, but she was down a path of complete self-destruction and she had a kid and a husband. Um, and so she gets into all this not good for their relationship things. I won't say bad things, but not good for their relationship things. Um, and that was also like a little light switch came on that I'm like, oh, I'm not there but I could see very similarities and things that she was talking about during her manic episodes and um, her, just her grandiose thoughts and stuff. And I'm like, I've had that thought. I've had that. Okay. And so there were all these things that I'm like, oh, this is what happens if, you know, because the book's called Fast Girl. And this is what happens if you're going down that path and not getting things checked out. And so that was also very uh, eye-opening to me of just like, okay, I need to figure out how to get these medications under control. I need to figure out like cognitive and dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, and so that was really a, a big changing point for me too. And I think that was also a big moment for us when you started to be okay with the therapist's decision to make changes because she had got that book and she was like reading it and telling me like, no, this is, this is it. I, she speaks to precisely what is going on in my head. Like I, I feel very seen. And so I'm like, oh, I want to understand how this works. So let me read it. I couldn't finish it. I like was having anxiety attacks because of like, just the, like, read it. If you want to know, like, dear Lord, uh, it's so much. And I was like, I can't finish reading this. And so when I think when you started linking together, like the parallels between what's happened in the book and what you're uh, experiencing yourself and then seeing that I was like, I can't even I'm not in this book and I can't even see it to fruition. Like I cannot even see the culmination of what happens and so yeah. that too i think for her was a thing that she was like okay i should probably he's getting scared now i should probably do something yeah well he that was a big thing that you were getting scared but it was also another thing um you know fast forward to the end of the book uh her and her husband stay together uh and that was huge to me of just like she's very lucky and i'm very lucky um, and so if I want Miles to stick around uh, and not follow this path, then something has to change because her husband sticking around through all this is not the normal either. So that. Agreed. As I've been there and it's agreed. Yeah. 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 Thousand percent. And the question I wanted to ask you guys is, I, I'm amazed that you're still together. Um, it's an incredible story, but I think what most people are going to be asking right now is what brought you to that place that you're like, okay, there's help needed from both of you. Like Heather, how did you know, or did it take miles kind of sitting you down going, uh, uh, something's going on here. What brought you guys to this place where you're both like, we need to be on this journey. And if we want to stay together, we need to work on this. And it's not just a me thing. Mm -hmm. 
I need because realistically in the position that you're in you need help you cannot do this alone mm -hmm. do as much diet and exercise as possible like that's kind of been my mantra and I, I know I need help at times how do you get to that place where you're like you have that break and you're like okay I need help and let's get all the good shit going mm -hmm. um, I mean like I said a lot of it was the book a lot of it um, was once my medications got leveled out um, and we could kind of go through the checklist uh, of everything I did wrong, <laughs> essentially, um, and everything that uh, I did screw up and I could have screwed up worse than I did. Um, really, hindsight's, hindsight's twenty twenty for sure. Um, but really, it was Miles still sitting there, Miles still being there. So man, I'm gonna cry. Um, oh. <laughs> Stop it! I'm not wearing waterproof mascara. Damn it. Me neither. <laughs> Don't uh, work too much, Miles. When you wear too much, you look cheap. Just knock know, it off. I know, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it was the fact that he was still there, and I was like, I'm never gonna find this ever again. Uh, and if I keep going down this path, he's not gonna be sitting across from me anymore. So I'm gonna well, stop talking. <laughs> he he's yeah. still there. Yeah. Like, I've I've. What little bits that you guys have let me in on, I, the fact that you deal in bipolar, um, different level in me, and the fact that you have an amazing husband that has stood by you, an amazing comic and friend, I'm thrilled that I know you guys, doesn't matter what stage, I will continue to be around you. Your story is incredible to me. Oh, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much. We appreciate uh, your support and your story as well. Uh, absolutely. No more, no more we, crying. We I know, right? Right? There's no crying in baseball. I'm... No, this is this is amazing. Like, I think you're going to, I think people are really going to be touched by this. This is real. So oh, yeah. Well, well, and and so my side of it was, I mean, I, I was already in therapy just because I was trying to unpack my own stuff and with my family and my own trauma and my own childhood which you know it's you, you shouldn't compare to anything with anybody of course but i mean when you look at her load uh, i always joke that she's lived three or four lifetime original movies where just the worst things imaginable happen to these women on this show touch television channel for women um so it's like uh i, I had already known that there was that trauma but uh, I there was only like, I think a couple instances where something seemed off before the diagnosis to me. And it was during a couple of arguments that seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. And then now I can recognize, oh, this is what that was. This is what that was. And uh, but then it was kind of like both of them had like a boiling point and then a pop where she would like climb, 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 climb. And it would get like to the peak of the argument. And then like one time she just collapsed because she crashed so hard immediately. And I had to like pick her up off the ground. And then she was like apologizing for what happened and then was crying. And so I'm like, all right, that's weird. And there was another instance close to that where she just kind of like went from very angry to very, 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 very sad immediately. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so those were the only two instances beforehand that I was like, okay, yeah, something's up here, but I didn't know and I didn't understand. And so we went through all of that. But the thing I think that I attribute to that, that you know, like she said, me still being there and, and the thing, the reason I stayed is the you know reason that I love her so much. And it's because, you know, she she puts in the work every day, every single day she shows up, man. And Absolutely. when you are. And, and and not just with work, man, just like from a depressive state, like knowing people with depression and knowing people with bipolar depression, like you don't want to get out of bed. You don't the, the getting out of bed sounds like the worst thing that you could possibly do with your life. And like you're you've only got voices in your head that are trying to convince you to stop doing that. And not only does she get out of bed every day, balls early, she puts on a happy face and goes out and puts others first. She's trying to be better. She wants to be better today than she was yesterday. And she realizes it's daily work. And sometimes it's frustrating, but she still shows up. And and everything that was going on, I recognized the call to action in her, you know, to go get the help, 
to get the diagnosis, from getting the diagnosis to taking the first pill, from taking the first one to taking the next, going from, oh, we're gonna give you one, now we're taking off one, here's three. What? What are you doing to me? Like, it's gotta feel like you're being probed and invaded and manipulated chemically by all these hands and it's such a feeling of no control to walk into that blindly and say, yeah, man, no, I don't wanna mess this up. So I wanna do what I can to make sure I'm right so we could be right. And seeing that in her every day is the thing that drives our relationship for me the, the most and the thing that I love and appreciate about her the absolute most, man. So you show up. You put in work, you're constantly trying. And so that's where it's like, it takes a lot of work and it's real. I know it's really hard on people, but you are the example of it can be done, man. Because I mean, like you've going through all that we've gone through with everything, uh, it never affected your work. It never even no one knew. No one knew anything was going on. And so she was such a professional. She's a strong person. Yeah. Give yourself credit every day, Heather. It's strong person. It takes a strong person. Like especially now, we've got this huge victim mentality, and we nurture this. No, you get up every single day. You it doesn't matter how shitty you're feeling. And an easy way to describe for a lot of people, if you don't know what it's like when you have those depressive episodes, put weights on every square inch of your body. And you try and get up. It takes every ounce of strength to get up in the morning just to get in the shower, wash your hair cook yourself some breakfast and like just to look after yourself first you're up every day you have achieved more as a young woman in a field that is beyond male dominated you've achieved more in a year and change as ill as you have been and you're still looking after it and you're going through a pregnancy and you've got this amazing person behind you that's helping and you guys have gotten the shit of the pandemic fucking hell where's your medal <laughs> you're you got, you're the kind of people we need at the forefront going this is bipolar in your community and this is what it looks like i'm looking after myself first this is not a somebody else problem it has to start with me mm -hmm. and you are doing everything right and i know there's days that can be hard and i can see it in your face it's not a great day today it's not you are correct <laughs> yeah I've, I've i've learned to try and read people and i can see it in miles face too you guys are you're the kind of advocates that we need for people that are by themselves oh, and you guys are the face of how it can get better oh, oh totally it, it absolutely can and there's um which also we have i need more tissues my god which we also have an announcement i'm pregnant guys yeah <laughs> So we've made it to the world. We haven't we've done it. We've made it to the world. Yeah, it hasn't happened on the podcast yet. So yes, you're you're, here, you're good. You're good. So I mean, yeah, you're hearing in your first. Yes. So I mean, that's how good things are going. We on purpose uh, got pregnant. So yeah, well, she did. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it really comes down to who you put in your circle. Mm-hmm. I think is the biggest part because I I don't know that I would have gotten through all of that without the close circle I had because um, that's the, that's the other thing um, on top of Miles sticking around um, my best friend at the time uh, also stuck around and she was a part of all of our shit uh, all of our shit, listened to both of us, was fair to both of us, had no bias opinions. Um, so that was the other thing that I was, I was very, very lucky of just like, oh, these two people are in it with me. Like they is, is she bipolar? Does she deal with anything? No, she doesn't have bipolar. Um, so she just took it on. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was the other thing is I had two people uh just in it down in the mud with me and didn't leave um huh? so and then you know now i have expanded my circle because mm -hmm. um, at the time it was just them two mm -hmm. um and now i've expanded my circle and i've you know same thing been very been 
been very lucky, um, you know, that I have friends, you know, including you, Susan, that I talk to almost daily and that I have people that I can call and just be like, hey, I'm not in a good place today. Um, but even that took a lot because uh, if you know me, I hate asking for help. Uh, I think it is the worst. Not worst thing for people. I think everybody should do it. Uh, I just suck at it. <laughs> so, um, so that was the other thing. Cause I had a, a moment with Susan earlier this year where I was in a really dark place and I was like, who do I go to? And I was like, she gets it. She gets it. Cause that was the thing is you, you, you have, cause we talked about this before you have friends for different things mm-hmm. and you know, who's good at, at what. Mm-hmm. And I was at the point you know, I was looking at getting hospitalized for it. And I was like, I need somebody that also has bipolar <laughs> um, and that understands it. I don't need somebody at the time that doesn't have it. I need somebody that gets it. And so that was great is that I could just, you know, call you and just be like, hey, let's just talk. And I don't Anytime, girl, phones are always on for you guys. Always. I didn't know what was going to come out. I didn't know how honest I was going to be. But I'm just like, I just need to get stuff out. Um, So, yeah, I think that's super important. When you're battling anything, it's great to have that circle. Um, But especially I've been very lucky to go through everything that I have and have that close circle. Yeah, yeah, the circle is very, very important. Absolutely. Having that support system was and is and is always extremely important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and we made sure to also stick to good behavioral tools, like the cognitive behavioral therapy was huge, you know, all the different forms of talk therapy that you could do with yourself to try and like reason a situation out, detach yourself from the situation so you can kind of look at it logically or objectively. Um, and, and then sticking on the medication plans, you know, that was the other thing, because I mean, there was a time there where uh, there was a week where we had to go kind of off cold turkey. And that was scary. Uh, because you shouldn't go cold turkey off anything. So, I mean, yeah, there was, there was a lot going on where, uh, like we said, our circle being there as a support system was absolutely huge. Um, and I do also want to speak to like what you had picked out where you're just like, oh, yeah, well, the, today seems like it's a rough day. And yeah, they happen. And so like, you know, for people listening, it's like, well, what do you do during those funky days? Because that's because she'll she's very open and honest about where she's at. I'd be like, how are you doing? You OK? Like, you feeling all right? And she'll be honest. Be like, I'm just feeling kind of funky, just going through a funk, you know, and so we'll, we'll just call it the funk. And so it, it, it's hard as a fixer, you know, as a person who is, you know, paid to professionally cheer people up for a living uh, this is my biggest fan who I want to cheer up more than all the rest of them. And so I should, it's, it's getting over the feeling of, you know, Hey man, there's only going to be so much you're going to be able to do here and it's not your fault. Uh, and being able to sit in that and then not let that bring your mood down too, because then she'll feel bad, Mm -hmm. you know, for, for kind of bringing the mood down. So it's, it's finding it in yourself to be able to go, it's okay. It's okay to feel funky. It'll pass, but let's go ahead and let's keep on going with today. And Mm -hmm. so we try as hard as you can to navigate through the day normally, you know, as if you take the information to account, obviously with certain things, you know, so you want to be able to check in more, be a little bit gentler and, and what have you with uh, your feelings, you know, you don't want to give them as much shit. Uh, But yeah, man, I think that's very, very important is to uh, be communicative about where we're both at with things and uh, how we can help get each other through that is very important as well. Yeah. And just just finding like for me, I have like certain words for each mood. And like if I'm funky, it's not necessarily that I'm depressed. I'm just like at this weird nothing's really making me laugh, but nothing's really making me cry. I'm just in this weird middle space mm-hmm. where it's like, if I'm depressed, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing okay. No. And like, I make sure to say I'm not doing okay. Um, so, you know, having different words to mm-hmm. describe where you're at and having people that know what those words mean. Isn't that uh, funny? We're always told to tell the truth and mm-hmm. to be honest and open with people. And, but at the same time, being honest and open, uh, gets ignored 
it, it often can. Yeah, man. I mean, just because I think we've become so muted to the, hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. And and yeah. it's just these autopilot pre-canned response. And I'm like, dare to live in a society where you can be like, how you doing? And you're like, really shitty. Okay. My dog died and I'm not okay. And then a stranger's like, oh, fuck, man, I got five minutes. Come here. Like, you know, it's, it's just something to uh, give people the space to for it to be okay to just kind of break down i mean like how many times have you if, if you ever been like a grocery store in a public place and seen somebody just like dry sobbing just ah! and then like think oh they're crazy and i i wish we could just be like oh that person's just having a moment give them a moment give them their space it's okay because i mean really when she's like i'm not okay that's what we then try I, my mind i'm like oh there you gotta have we you have to fall apart now okay so do you want to fall apart now do you want to fall apart later what are we doing later okay well if we can't now let's do what we can to stay busy now and we'll just put it off till later and so we got like an hour eight o'clock tonight eight o'clock we'll fall apart eight o'clock tonight we'll just go and that's just let's go in the bedroom let's play some sad fucking music i'll hold you you just sob it's all good i'm just gonna sit here i'm gonna pet your head just get it all out all of it every single last inch Sounds like a great weekend, actually. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Yeah, we like to start our. Yeah, we start our Fridays that way. So, <laughs> get it all out for the weekend. So yeah, man. I mean, like creating that space to like when you're not okay, allow yourself to just not be okay. Because I I wonder how much of people's episodes and whatnot getting worse is the pressure that we put on ourselves to hold it together. Mm-hmm. How much pressure as a society do we put on ourselves? How much pressure do you put on ourselves to look a certain way, to have a career that they define as success, which is yeah. money, which mm -hmm. doesn't define success? It's not. Uh, having the big house, how many kids you have, like how many times you guys going through marriage, it's all of a sudden it's like, okay, when are you getting married? Then you get married and it's like, when are you having kids? And then it's finally they're asking, when are you having kids? When are you going to buy a house? You're like, fuck, stop with the questions. Mm -hmm. Just let us progress in our own way of what yeah. it's supposed to be. And I think that was even uh, a big, I won't say issue, but it was something that I struggled with when I first got diagnosed because um, coming off of, you know, different health issues that I've had and, you know, even just being a personal trainer. So I'm looking after other people's health and well-being. Um, there was part of me that was just like, well, if people know I have something wrong with me, they're not going to see me in the same light. And so that was also a, a something that I had to combat and get through with therapy of just like, no, that's not true. That's not, you know, I mean, some people are going to think what they want to think, but the ones that know you and know your character and care about you aren't going to see you in a negative light just because you have bipolar or you, you know, have something else. So yeah, all more I mean, complicated. You will never dispel the myths and rumors of people that do not know you mm -hmm. they have created their own thoughts in their head of what they think you are what you should be and yeah as hard as that is you, you can't change it all you do is keep moving forward and the people around you hope it's just hope it spreads like a good illness like the good people are going to see the good parts for sure so now you're kind of i know you're in a place where you're getting treatment and therapy and things are kind of moving along like I know pandemic's not over. Mm -hmm. uh, fuck, watching you guys deal with this blows my mind. I'm like, just, okay, moving forward now, I know there was blips in the path where medication had to be stopped because with pandemic, of course, that insurance is gone, which don't even get me started on that. <laughs> it should not be happening. Um, it's prevented. So what you're doing is preventative health. Mm -hmm. Moving forward what is the next while looking like for you moving forward? I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I guess that kind of brings me into the pregnancy. That's um, a new uh, curveball, so to speak, uh, of my mental health because, um, and I'm still learning about this, so I can only put so much on this. Um, mm -hmm. But we got so much I to talk about. Yeah, this yeah. is a whole thing, conversation in and of itself yeah. is having it and being pregnant. Because yeah. uh, for those that don't know, when you have, I I'm sure it's with other mental illnesses too. I just know with bipolar, um, the the hormones of and everything of being pregnancy can trigger different psychotic episodes. Um, yes. And those can go all over the place. Mm -hmm. So um, 
uh, I, I won't say it's been, you know, full blown, but there are parts where I'm like, oh, I'm having paranoia. I'm having anxiety. I'm having this. Uh, I freaked out uh, last week. I didn't realize there was a, a video playing on my phone, but I think I sat there for like two or three minutes uh, because I do hear voices every now and then, but these were very like, I could really hear them. And I was kind of freaking out for a second. And then I had to look at Miles. I was like, do you hear that? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, it's my phone. But first I was like, oh man, this is, this is heightened really bad right now. Like I need to call somebody. Um, But so in general, those, you know, those paranoid thoughts and anxiety and the everything is going wrong and oh my god uh that's definitely happened but then it's also hard because i'm like but this is also my first pregnancy so what's pregnancy hormones and what's you know bipolar taking up a notch so here's the book throw it out yeah <laughs> throw all of it out and it's going to be just based on you yeah uh, We'll have lots to talk about on the, uh, <laughs> oh, for sure. you and I, and then even for the podcast and stuff. But yeah, every day, nurses and doctors, even people that write the books, they need to remember individuals are individuals. So you might take a little piece here, a little piece here, a little piece here. All of it's going to be different for you. Mm-hmm. So the best advocate is moving forward. It's going to be you and Miles standing right there. If they're not listening to you, then he jumps in and be like, oh, fuck you guys. This is not working. Oh, well, great. oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of this. This is this is like our kind of like our one. This is our Super Bowl. Uh, we've we've been training for for this moment for years now. Like, I mean, we're we're uh, all the mental health things and 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 the journey to get up to this point where we are the people we are is kind of like to all right. Here we are. You know, mm-hmm. we're facing a time where because of a lot of different varying hormones things could be all over the place. Uh, and so, yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's definitely a time where it's like, all right, here we go. Let's do what we do. Let's, let's communicate as much as we possibly can. Let's check in as often as we possibly can. Uh, let's create the space where we can to have those moments to fall apart. If you need to let me take over where I can like, so yeah, it's, uh, really making sure that we have our village with us, you know, those, those people to call when we need to talk to people. And then we have people accessible near us with the, Hey, I I need hands. I need a a human here. Now we can Mm -hmm. get that too. So, uh, yeah, it's really just, all right. We, everything that we've gone through, that was a struggle that taught us something now all of those lessons are getting applied in the most important time now, which is, all right, it's baby time. Here we go. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's an exciting time, but I think so far we've been doing really, really great with, uh, all of those things. Commun- I feel like we've communicated very well and, and we've definitely rode the the highs and the lows of it and everything. But I mean, we, we were able to settle things quickly. That's our other thing is with us, conflict resolution is usually pretty quick. Usually we know how to get through the chain of commands of having a constructive argument and giving yourself space to do so properly. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's definitely been like a thing where I feel like, all right, we're here now. And and I feel like we're as equipped as we possibly can be for the, the moment. Yeah. Well, and like, I, I think just what's, what I've been combating um, is the stigma with bipolar becoming a parent. And like I had a mini breakdown last week uh, where I had to like stop myself from crying at the gym where I was just like, I kind of got anxiety of like everything that I've gone through up until this point with bipolar. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be responsible for another life. What happens if something slips through the cracks? And so I was spiraling and Miles had to talk me down of just like, it's fine. And so he said all the right, perfect things because duh. Uh, and, um, but yeah, and so that's something that I've been combating of just like, I'm going to be in charge of another life and I have this thing, but this thing isn't going to define me and, you know, I'm going to be able to get through it and I'm going to be able to ask for help and go to therapy. And so, but yeah, that's, that's just definitely been like a genuine fear that I've had to combat. Well, and that's what I kind of talked to you about. I mean, the fear was, you know, I just want to be a good mom, obviously, with everything going on. And I'm like, yeah, and I get that. You know, I think that's a valid fear. And I think that's also a fear that you're not alone in having. I I feel like that's kind of, I mean, you you hope, right? You you hope that 
uh, every parent to be has that little bit of anxiety of like, oh, God, I hope I don't fuck this up. Uh, just every part of me just wants to make sure I don't mess this up. And so, I mean, I think it's a good thing to have that. And I think you're not alone in having that. But I also told her, like, you know, I, th I think we're very honest people. And if we're going to uphold a household where we're not going to lie to our children uh, as as a, a very permanent rule, you know, uh, then, yeah, we'll explain what's going on. What's that? Well, mommy said and this is what happens and this is what it means. And sometimes it happens. And so as much as we were educated in one way or another uh, about whatever's going on emotionally with us, we will then pass it on to our children and we will educate them and we will let them know what's going on. And so that way they will be better equipped with it as opposed to it just being seen as a thing to hide. Cause I think the if it's something to worry about if you're trying to hide it, right. Mm -hmm. You're trying to conceal it or you're, there's some shame or, or that, that stigma around it. But as long as you're open with it, as long as you can keep that conversation open, honest and transparent, uh, I mean, just keep that energy. Let's let, let's run it back. You know, let's just do that. So and that really did calm her down a lot. But I think it's important to say out loud for anybody listening or, or, or watching, you know, if, if you're having a similar thought, you know, to understand just kind of no, let's just be honest, be open, come from a, a, a good place and speak the truth. I don't know if she froze. Yep. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, She's back. back. All right. Yeah, you're good. I could hear everything, but that last bit, uh, I was, I could hear you, but I couldn't see any movement. So it's all good. No worries. So we're doing good. It's like uh, the climax of a movie. I'm like, you better not cut out. This is good. I know. Right. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. So, but we've made it and yeah, it's been a long journey, but I think, uh, you know, it's, if it serves as a means, I mean, I think it's obviously made us very sturdy human beings, which I'm very, very grateful for, obviously. Uh, but also if anybody watching this or listening to this, uh, if it was helpful, you know, in making somebody go, oh, okay, yeah, 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 no, that makes sense. Or even people who know us who are just like, oh, I had no idea all that was going on because we do, you, you don't know what people are going through and we're all just trying to like hold it together, right? And so, like I said, I hope we can get to a point in society where we're more open and honest about how we're doing, what's going on and it's more acceptable, you know? Well, yeah, and I, th I think when this drops, uh, it's going to be surprising for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, I hope if anything, um, whether they know us or not, if you know somebody struggling with anything, uh, if you got five or 10 minutes, read an article, do your research, yeah. um, bare minimum, uh, watch, you know, there's so many different psych psychology videos. Um, but I think that's just the thing is everybody needs to be more informed and i think people's circle could be larger than they realize if more people were informed and had uh that to go off of, of how to help somebody or at least research something and be like okay well how can i help you yeah can i can i ask a question like are we still going for a few minutes or mm -hmm. we, got, we got a few more minutes yeah like um so what does the next while um look like for you too because i mean yeah we've got all of a sudden this is going to drop and people are going to oh wow there's there's more to this story are you willing to talk about it more in another podcast oh totally totally my my goal um with this i don't think it's over i think there's there's so much here listening from you too so oh thank you um but yeah i think you know my goal with this podcast and i'm sure you guys agree is to make this as interactive as possible on, you know, all the platforms that this is on, but especially through our Instagram, you know, shoot us a message, leave us a comment. If there's something you want to hear more about, we can do more episodes on it. We can do just a Q&A episode, you know, the more we're getting questions coming in. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be a part of our community, you know, follow us online. We have the Instagram up. Uh, it's uh, at uh, mad underscore podcast, right? M dot A dot D podcast. D podcast, no underscores. Yes, M dot A dot D podcast all put together uh yeah be a part of our community man we're really trying to build a mental health community with this podcast but also like to that effect of like you know spending five ten minutes to read an article and educate yourself that's also what the point of this podcast is to try and really go through and deep dive on every single corner of mental health 
everything. So that way, maybe in a year or two, we've got this catalog of at the very least, if you listen to the show, you'll know these things. Yeah, you'll you'll at least be educated in I feel like this podcast is going to be a great first start for people uh, on their journey to better understanding as many different types of people as they possibly can. Oh, for sure. It becomes real. There's actual real people that they know that are now attached to this. It's not this daunting thing that the media has made to be terrified Mm -hmm. of, which we'll Mm -hmm. be talking about. we're, it's demonized a lot in social media and stuff that these people are real you two are real yeah. and uh yeah yeah, yeah. well and i think i think what's what's going to be interesting is that the messages that we do get in because no two you know whether you, we both have bipolar one or depression or anxiety no two are alike and so you know obviously with our story it might resonate with some and not with other people that have bipolar one but i think getting in uh, messages and questions and you know other people that want to be on the podcast the more we can have a variety of different stories and different outlets and different um you know trying to bring on therapists and psychiatrists you know the better i think everybody will be i agree 100 percent. i agree 100 percent. well i think for at least uh now that's going to cover everything uh Dear, I would like to uh, thank you for being uh, open and honest and transparent uh, and forthtelling with uh, your story and our story and everything. You know, it, it, it does take a lot to to really bear, hey, this is what's going on and this is my life and, and, and all the good, the bad, the ugly, take it as it will. You know, mm-hmm. so I just want to say that I appreciate you and love you very much for for showing up every day and then showing up today. And, and doing this. So thank you very much. I appreciate you guys. All right. Oh, Perfect. get a room. Get a room, you two. <laughs> we will. We will. Uh, and Susan, thank you so much, of course, for, for being here as always and, and, and being a safe space for us to share all of our shit. Mm-hmm. You guys are amazing. I'm, I'm thrilled with where this is going. So thank you. Thank you to you guys. Of course. Of course. Anytime. So uh, make sure you follow us uh, online. Uh, like and subscribe. Make sure that you're keeping up with us. Follow us online on Instagram at uh, podcast on Instagram. Uh, we'll be having other stuff going up as well. You can follow me at Miles Weber Joker on all of the things. Heather, where can they find you? Bodies by Heather. Bodies underscore by underscore Heather. And Susan. Uh, you guys can find me on Facebook under Susan Thompson, or you can find me on our Instagram at, uh, at Susan Thompson. Ha ha. So we'll see you guys soon. Perfect. Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us again. As always, we'll be back next time with more mental awareness discussion. Thank you for listening to the Matt podcast. My name is Miles Weber. I'm Heather Weber. Susan Thompson. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good night and a good day, everybody. All the things. <laughs>